Almost. 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 Major. 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 Holy fucking shit, this is major! Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Almost Major, where we talk about the many major studios and the films they release. Today we are on our final episode in our Lionsgate miniseries for Wonderland 2003. My name is Kevin Tudor, I'm here with Charlie Nash. Hello. And joining us once again is our super special guest from straight out of the 70s, it is Dan Mecca. I could not think of a better segue, how are you? An honor. And uh, This movie <laughs> we're talking about is set in the 80s, but... It is? An honor... Anyway, yeah, because it happened in 81, I think. Shit. Right? The Wonderland Murders, I believe, happened in 80. Yeah, 81. Well, you yeah. can't. You went but, back into hey, the past? It's the, remnants, it's the remnants of the 70s. That's what, a, that's what all those all these hippies, the drugs. That, I mean, I mean that shows you how much I learned from really. this movie. So that'll. President Reagan, we should just start. President Reagan was right, okay? Wonderland murders. <laughs> it was all. It was the fault of the hippies. I feel like okay. I unlearned things from this movie, and then I had to go relearn them online afterwards. Now we are talking about we're we're just going to pivot and talk about Boogie Nights, <laughs> of course. <sighs> but yeah, Dan, everything good? We're all good. Okay. Good man. Thanks for having me. Always an honor to be here. Happy to talk about the scent. Look. 20-year anniversary, Wonderland. Here if we go. Somebody Let's has get it to going. do it. Val Kilmer. I mean, we'll talk about it. It's pretty Val good. But yeah, pretty Wonderland, good. 2003. Pretty this good. premiered at TIFF in September 2003. Open limited October 3rd, 2003 in five theaters. Maxed out at 195 theaters. Budget was $5 million. The fact that this budget is only $5 million is kind of insane. With the... Really, the, only, the first like 30 yeah. minutes has like... 97 needle drops i think and then just everybody that's in it it's pretty pretty insane maybe well remember hit clips remember hit clips yes, where you just yes. put in like 15 30 seconds of the the songs maybe they were hit clips uh, i don't know they didn't have to pay as much that's actually yeah that's actually not that might not be wrong <laughs> i think that's wrong but it might it's not like, be we wrong play, we play it's probably like wrong. the good times role it's like oh use it for like this amazing scene and it's just like what an incredible needle drop one of the best intro songs of all time no we play like the first five seconds and then like dip the volume down to like barely audible and then we play like three more <laughs> seconds of it afterwards it's like okay the right. 10 grand i don't care um <laughs> where was i at opening weekend ninety one thousand, and domestic and overall gross of 1.1 million i was forgot to mention this but uh top five films that weekend is school of rock hell yeah out of time mm. there you Ooh, go yeah carl franklin shout out yeah. b side uh the rundown yeah oh good movie. under the tuscan you know what? sun this is a good top five so far keep going and secondhand lions uh, underrated movie. <laughs> underrated movie. That's a oh that God. is a strong five. Those are all very solid films, I think. Yeah. I got bad. to go to the movies twice this weekend. This is actually kind of an iconic Out of weekend. Time, yeah. First two times I was able ever able to go exciting, to a movie exciting. by myself with friends. First was School of Rock and the second was the rundown, and I felt like the coolest. The rundown. Good solid <laughs> movie, the rundown. It's not bad. It's, it's far and away the best Peter, Peter Berg film. I mean, e if anyone says Patriot's Day right now, I'm going to Berg, Deepwater Horizon so. is good. I've heard that's actually pretty good. Yeah, Deepwater Horizon is a good movie. I never movie. saw it. Um, though, I think you're right. I don't know that he's ever made one as good as this. Yeah. I think he shadow-directed Corky Romano. 
<laughs> Rocky Road? You got Rocky Road? You got uh, mint chocolate chip? <laughs> sure. Our flavors are clearly listed. <laughs> All right, then uh, go ahead and give me one of those. Oh, that uh, movie is, you suck, you suck. That, I love the Corker model. That, that, me and Jordan, oh, do you know God. this about me and Jordan? We like no. bond over how much... You know, we started the film stage together, as, as you probably know. Because we, after we, watching we, Corky Romano, yeah. we bond over how much we love Corky Romano, which is like objectively one of the worst movies ever made. I mean, there's no question. Owned it on DVD. It's just, I, I love only went to go movie. see The Two Towers, The Lord of the Rings. I only went to go see that with my brothers because Blockbuster was right across the street and I would buy Corky Romano on DVD. That's what happened. Some cookie. There, that's not unlike we were talking about Liar Liar before we started recording. Like, not unlike Liar Liar. I could probably recite every line where he's on the coke. He's like, you do? You have a question? You do? You don't? You do? You I should buy a boat. You do? I should buy a boat. <laughs> oh, God. It's great, great, It's getting hot in here. It makes my pants hot. I don't know. I don't wear jeans. Question. Yes. Question. Uh, Chris, you do? You don't. Chris Kattan, man, just didn't. Yeah, just didn't. That was the, that was the he, shot. That was the he, shot. That was like the shot. He's like one of my favorite SNL people. I know. But... Built for that show, really one of those guys like built for, you know what I mean? Like Sketch, built yeah. for like that's it four though. minutes, Although, and you're like I'm getting Roxbury. a little tired, you know, and then it's over. Right, sure, not not the Roxbury. Roxbury. sure, 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 sure. Um, he anyway. was here live like a uh, month ago, and I was like, oh, I obsessed with SNL. I gotta see what he's his stand up is like. I did, I couldn't even finish the ten minute YouTube video, so um, yeah, his yeah. stand up I think I've heard is not. He's just like, I was on quite, SNL. It's quite different. Yeah, yeah. Keep clapping. Yeah. <laughs> bring it on, bring it on. Um, yeah. But a good top five. That's 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 heartening. That's a heartening top five. Yeah. Uh, number one song in the U.S. this week is Baby Boy by Beyonce featuring Sean Paul. Number one song in yeah, Canada this week is Someday by Nickelback. Finally, Canada respects Nickelback. Uh, <laughs> Thank God. It took them long enough. Uh, plot description from Google. In this fact-based film, I... Okay, that is the weirdest way to say that. I mean, like it is based, based on, on true facts. events, based on facts. I know, but yeah, in this fact-based film, just like went to I mean, the technically, f- any film could be fact-based. Sure, if you want to, if you want to play that game. There is a city called Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a Wonderland Avenue. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's so many ways to worm your way John around. John Holmes that was to make a porn star. Yeah. yeah, John Holmes, uh, played by Val Kilmer, is one of the most successful porn stars of all time, but when his rampant drug abuse forces him into prostitution. Both his disproving wife, Sharon, played by Alyssa Kudrow, just saying disapproving wife is just like, oh, yeah, John. Yeah, a little, yeah. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> yeah. reductive, yeah. He you're, never makes it you're home, dating John. a 16-year-old yeah, again. John. Oh. Are you being yeah, yeah, a little yeah, stinker, yeah. John, again with the drugs, uh-huh. man? <laughs> uh, played Jeez. by Lisa Kudrow and his 16-year-old girlfriend, Dawn, played by Kate oh, Bosworth, God, tough, are on tough. the verge of leaving him. As John sinks lower and lower into Hollywood, California's criminal underworld, he meets a seedy drug lord played by Eric Bogosian and finds himself caught up in a tragic chain of events. This makes it sound more like fun, where it's just like both his wife and his underage girlfriend are about to leave him. Yeah. Think yesterday things were yesterday (laughs) things were going fine for John Holmes. Today (laughs) is a different story. 
He's like the, the family film. Can, can we also? Can we also? What was the number where it like the text comes up and it's like legend has it he's had sex with fourteen thousand twelve that or is it fourteen? That's yes. not possible. Well, Will <laughs> Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain said uh, more. I think what was Wilt's number? Wilt famously said he was like he was like five hundred thousand somehow. Yeah, like a lot of women. Yeah. I I'm sorry. I, I look. I know the it's math doing the does, whole the urban math legend thing, does not check out. Fourteen thousand women. Oh, it also <laughs> says like the legend has it. He was in uh, one thousand movies. He was actually in like five six hundred. So I would just say yeah. probably chopped the fourteen thousand into like six thousand. Even that still kind of impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm but sure this hot description it reminds me there needed to be a tagline that's just like his days and the only long thing around here. Anyways, um, there should have been honestly, be they should have had more fun with it. It's <laughs> yeah. tough though because it's such a horrible thing, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a weird. It's a, I will say it's a weird. I mean, at you know, getting into it, it's like it's a movie about the Wonderland murders, right? Which. I guess I'm, I was thinking about this. I guess maybe not most people know about them, right? Because it's not like Tapianka. It's I, really I'm going to lay Mavianca. my own feet to the fire, no. as I usually say. That's something I often say is I will lay my own feet to the fire. I didn't know much about the Wonderland. But that makes sense, though. Because, like, you know, I'd seen this movie before, and I think the reason I had seen it was because I actually did like... So I can just if you, you want me to jump into my initial thoughts. Uh, oh, hold on, we gotta, uh, we gotta finish do up. a few finish more stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, do it. Written by James Cox and Captain Mausner and Todd Semovitz and D. Loriston Scott took four people for this. My friend told me it's based. This is mostly based on a 1989 uh, Rolling Stone uh, article. I think it's called "The Devil and John Holmes." Um, this is directed by James Cox prior to this highway in 2002, after this straight A's in 2013, and Billionaire Boys Club in 2018. Starring Val Kilmer as John Holmes prior to this Top Gun in 1986, The Doors in 1991, Tombstone in 1993, Heat in 1995, Red Planet in 2000. I feel like Red Planet... Well, no, hold on. Here we are. Uh, the Salt and Sea in 2002. There you go. There, there we go. go. Yeah. Uh, after this, Spartan and Mindhunters in 2004. I feel like we're going to do Mindhunters as a future uh, intermission episode. That's a nuts movie. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in 2005. Deja Vu in 2006. Uh, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call in New Orleans 2009. The Snowman in 2017. Moving on, Top Gun Maverick in 2022. Uh, Kate Bosworth as Dawn. Prior to this, Remember the Titans in 2000, Blue Crush, and Rules of Attraction in 2002. Listen to our episode on Rules of Attraction. After this, Beyond the Sea in 2004, Superman Returns in 2005, 21 in 2008, the remake of Straw Dogs in 2011. I, for some reason, saw that in theaters. Still Alice in 2014, and last year, House of Darkness and Barbarian in 2022. Both with Justin Long, who I didn't know until last night that she's married to him. She's in Barbarian? I guess she's like the voice. She's oh, like has okay. a voice. Because House of Darkness they made together. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, that's funny. Uh, Durbill McDillett as David Lind. Um, prior to this, in the Line of Fire in 1993, Copycat in 1995, My Best Friend's Wedding in 1997, uh, Three to Tango in 1999, Texas Rangers in 2001. After this, About Schmidt in 2002. Must Love Dogs in 2005. Perks Being a Wallflower in 2012, and Scream Six in 2023. Well Thank done. you. Thank you. Very good. Um, Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> I had to rewatch that SNL skit. That is fucking 
just it is a tier. great <laughs> where, yeah. where where Mulroney he like is like oh Dylan he's like that's a picture of you you're Dylan Mulroney he's like oh sorry. I've been sleeping <laughs> with somebody else's wife <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing is just like for our next oh, one Bill Ader's just like who's this guy who's <laughs> <laughs> this guy do you, do you remember the Sudeikis one where he's like oh, your game shows what is Burn Notice a popular <laughs> show it's a popular show in the USA a lot of people like it what is what is it? What's burn notice? And then it's just like nobody knows. He's like a lot of people watch it. It's been on for seven seasons. What's what's burn notice? <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, also starring goodness. Um, is this more stacked than Dogville? No, no. no. Josh Lucas. Eric I want to say. Yeah, I want to say Faison no because was, or Frank Frankie Faison is that his, who Faison love Faison love Faison. I will love. say here. Well, uh, uh, Dogville is also an actual movie. Oops. Um, <laughs> Oops. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Go um, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Carrie Fisher, Josh Lucas, Ted Levine, Tim Blake Nelson, Janine Garofalo, yeah, Scoot McNary, Christina yeah, Applegate, Faison Love, Eric Bogosian. Applegate's good. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa Kudrow, MC Ganey, Paris Hilton. And, sure. The one moment. Sure. And Max, who plays the dog named Thor. He needed a shout out. Sure. Max, See, you got list all. You list all these people, and when the movie started, I was like, oh, Janine Garofalo's in this. Yeah, and then one I had scene, to look I up. I know. I had to look up I know. if she was one of the murder victims, and she was. Joy <laughs> like, Miller, that's, yeah. That's she owned the house. Crazy. I think Joy Miller owned the house. <laughs> Which is crazy. That's insane. I know. I know. She's in one scene. She had cancer, right? She, like, she like survived and became a drug addict. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to do. I was reading about to... the real stuff. This is the point. It's like a lot of this isn't in the movie in any real way. It's know? a two-hour is... movie. Why isn't it? No, I know. No, it's no, a problem. Exactly. It's a really big problem. No, I mean, look, it's a it's a big missed opportunity, and it's weird that it comes so soon after Boogie Nights. It's just the you know I I could not get it out of my mind. I was like, why mm-hmm. would you do this? Like, why <laughs> would you do this? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Right, like Boogie Nights just got made. It like redefined independent I'm, cinema. I'm only laughing because I just am imagining someone walking onto the set, and in this case, you Dan being like, "Why would you do this?" Well, in I the just, middle it's of such a scene. good story, right? <laughs> it the, is the Wonderland yeah. murders John Holmes, all that stuff. Super interesting. Well worth more than one film, but it's one of those things where it's like, but Paul Thomas Anderson kind of changed the game. Like, say what you want about Boogie Nights and whatever. But it was like a big deal. Like it was a really, really big deal. And like the legs on it were long. It wasn't like, you know, it got Burt Reynolds an Oscar nomination and then people forgot about Boogie Nights. It was like then he made Magnolia. And it was like, okay, this is one of our great living filmmakers. You know what I mean? And then so then you're James Cox. Hell yeah. You have a little bit of clout, right? Because you've made it, you know, if you don't know James PTA, Cox. PTA, James Cox, PTA, well, James but, so, Cox. But, but James Cox, if you don't know James Cox, right, he was a guy, he came out of NYU, he made a really good short called Atomic Tabasco. It's a uh-huh. good short. You can watch it on Vimeo. It's good. I rewatched it today. Huh. It holds up. Like, it's a kind of a brazen 12-minute, feels like a kind of a cocaine drip thing, right? It's like a not short bad. film calling card that used to be more of a yeah, thing. Yeah, no, and, and, and very much so and good. So you're like, great. And it gets like an award at Sundance 99. Then he like makes a Jared Leto movie called Highway with Jake Gyllenhaal. That's kind of fun. It's like crazy. It's a little like whatever. It's a goofy movie, kind of a crime thing. Young Leto, whatever. And like the cash-in is this movie. You know, and it's like Val Kilmer still has a little bit of cat, you know, a little bit of clout. Bosworth's coming off of Blue Cross. You know, it's like, 
you know, old and new, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but if you're, if you're Cox, it's like, don't do this, dude. Like the shadow of Boogie Nights is huge. It's like, I just right. don't get why. I don't know. It's and just it's so not, confusing. It's not like some like bombshell book came out and just like, oh, this has to be made into a movie. Even though Boogie like Nights John just came Schiller out. Like John Schiller was writing something, as I understand it, when Yeah, they and that came this. out in 08. You're right. Her book. So like Schiller was like, okay. And like Susan Lanier or Lanier, you know, whatever, you know, um, Josh Luke, Christina Applegate in the movie. Yeah. She lived, but like was not available. You know, she was the fifth victim who survived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's like interesting unsolved stuff. Like you could make the movie now and it would be interesting, right? I think, you know, mm-hmm. it's still a interesting. John Holmes is interesting, right? He was the kind of the first porn star, you know, famously big member, right? That was the whole thing. His name is Johnny Watt. He played a detective, right? The Dirk Diggler stuff in Boogie Nights, that shit where the he's like the detective with, what is it, mm-hmm. John C. Riley? Yeah. That's like Johnny Watt, right? It's like that, they're doing that. I mean, even the Alfred Molina stuff that you get towards the end of that He's Eddie Nash. Is, he's just yeah, playing yeah, Eddie yeah, Nash. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's yeah. a, that's my point. It's like he just fictionalized and just made it better and he added other cool porn shit in it. So you're just, yeah. it's so stupid that you just would make this movie and then just literally just do it straight. And then the thing Cox does is he like tries to zhuzh it up with like editing and there's some cool shit in it and like tries to acid. rush him on it. Yeah. Yeah. But the Rashomon thing comes like way too late. Way too late. It's way, way too, too late, late, and it's only split in half. Rashomon's yeah, way three stories, and, and McDermott then... is like, I mean, you put a, you joked about Moroni, but... Kevin. It's like Moroni, where it's like he looks who like an would SNL ever skit. This guy, you're like, this is insane. Paul Lind, yeah, Paul Lind, who is like, you know, not Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? It's like just so funny. It's like nobody in this movie is like. That's the the other part about the one of the murders just. So the context is like John Holmes, famous porn star, drug addict, fell on hard times, would go to this house on Wonderland Avenue to score. These people live there, Joy Miller, Guy Lanius, uh, what was his first name? Paul Lanius? And um, and Ron, Ron Lanius. And then it was like the character Tim Blake Nelson plays and, and then Paul Lynn comes in later. And there's a robbery. They rob Eddie Nash, who was like a gangster of some renown in that uh-huh. area. They fuck shit up. It Sister goes Christian bad. starts playing. Yeah. Exactly. And then, but this is in real life. And then the Wonderland house gets hit, and it's the it's the most heinous crime since the Tate LaBianca murders. Four people get bludgeoned to death. It's like really horrible and then a a fifth victim susan um ron's wife survives and then immediately implicated is paul lind who like wasn't there and was allegedly one of the targets Mm -hmm. and then john holmes who like would always go to the house and like don schiller kind of is with john and so the whole movie is not you know the whole movie is just like presupposing what happened in that house right it's you know what john holmes's involvement was and so the, basically what they set up is like Paul Lynn tells one story, John Holmes tells another. And then at the end they kind of like suggest a third. Uh-huh. But it's not it's not formatted where in a way that would be Rashomon effective, right? Right, right. right. To, to Charlie and your point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like 
it's just weird. It's like Kilmer's good. You know, this oh, is yeah, kind yeah. of the last Kilmer moment as a leading man. He's Salt and Sea and this are kind of the last wait, wait, gasp. Wait, 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 wait. Not a hit, but Spartan is one of his best performances sure. and best oh, films. Sure, 04. Sure, 04. He's amazing yes. at Spartan. He's when you were lead. gone, we talked about that in Mindhunters, just so you know. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, good. <laughs> no, but Spartan. I'm glad that. He, no, you're right. You're right. Spartan, he's that amazing. My presence was felt in my absence. Yes, yeah. I love, I I love Spartan. <laughs> love Spartan. Mammoth movie. Very good. But that's kind of the last lead role, right? I mean, he does. He's kind of he's supporting Val from then on out. So this is really the last gasp of Val Kilmer, movie star, you know. And the poster's good. It's like his jean crotch. It's kind of a fun poster. It's like kind of a. It, it looks like Sticky Fingers penis. by Rolling Stones, yeah, except with yeah, the gun. On purpose, I think. Yeah, you know, and I think. Yeah. So, like, I think James Cox is a interesting stylist, right? Like, I don't think he's necessarily a bad. I think he can make a good movie, right? Like, I think Highway's almost a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then I think he, you know, Straight A's is not, I have to say. And then this is not, as we've kind of been alluding to. And then I never saw Billionaire Boys Club, but it literally stars Kevin did Spacey anyone, and Ansel Elgort. It just got done. Did anyone because, see that movie? Well, no, because I think the Spacey stuff happened oh. when it was coming out. Yeah, it was 28. So it just got dumped. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, nobody saw that movie, and he was probably <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's had some bad luck, you know. You know, James Cox, and I think you know whatever. I mean, he's made some music videos, but it's just like this movie is is just a curio. I mean, you hate to say it, you know, because it's like so many people work so hard on these things, but it's like that's all I could think about watching it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was just like, you know, and like Kilmer's good. I think Kudrow's really good. She's yes. never bad, never yeah. bad. Yeah. She's Absolutely. always been underrated and yeah. very good here. The be- we can all agree the best friend. I mean, God knows. Like, oh, in well, terms I was of just I was saying abilities. in our group chat that like friends didn't deserve her. That's how good she is. Yeah, like yeah. I've always I've always stand whatever the kids stay for uh, Marcy X for for <laughs> for Matt, Michelle for Matt. No, 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 just for another friend. I've always kind of defended or or stood for uh, Matthew Perry. You know, I like him. Mm. And I always like Chandler. The gay panic stuff's really tough when you rewatch those episodes. But like, the comedy of the Chandler Bing character is like my type of comedy. Like I like it, the sarcasm and whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But like in terms of their careers, right? Obviously, Aniston's had an incredibly successful career. But like Kudrow's had this like very fun, yes. interesting, nuanced career. The comeback, right? Like a lot of easy, stuff where yay. she is involved behind the scenes type shit. That too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, even Clock Rogers, I mean, she was she was still in front oh, yeah. she made Clock oh, Watchers. She's amazing. Even Romy in Michelle, Neighbors, which I want to say she's in like seven minutes of Neighbors, she neighbors. steals every scene. No, she's great. Oh, she's, she's in, in Neighbors, she's in, I forgot. The principal in Easy A. She's in two scenes. Oh, she's great yeah. in Easy A. She's, she's, you're, you're, you're right. She's rarely bad if ever bad. So I think like here she's great. And, um, you know, look, Kate Bosworth. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I was saying in our group chat, I was just like, she has the face that has watched MTV. She can't play somebody from the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. I feel I, bad. I, I don't know. I mean, has I, she, when has she been good? Let's rules of attraction. Know. Maybe and and that's the thing is like I haven't no? seen Blue Crush. I've she's Rules of Attraction, Blue Crush, right? Sure. I I I forgot she was in Rules of Attraction. But <laughs> she's to be fair, in. I've forgotten a lot of Rules of Attraction. Um, I do remember her in Superman Returns, which I haven't seen since it was in theaters Not in two thousand six. And it's like I don't trust that that. 
I just rewatched Teenage it. Perspective. Okay, so she's not good. It's not a it. great performance. I'm sorry. I mean, like, I'm, sorry, I'm not even Kate. a Superman fanatic, so I don't know what Lois Lane is supposed to be like, but I just remember I just her think... being kind of a wet blanket in that movie. Well, yeah, Margot Kidder had, like, had a zest, right? Like, that's the thing about Lois Lane. Like, she's she's incorrigible, right? Like, that's the thing about, I, I what do I know about fucking, I don't, what do I know about Superman? I don't. I don't give a shit about it. But like Margot Kidder was like, you know, I hate this word, but she was spunky. She was energy. You know, she was like, you know, a rule breaker. She smoked cigarette, you know, all these things. And it's like, they she take was in so Black Christmas. Kate Bosworth Black wasn't. Christmas. She exactly. stabbed Superman in the face on his birthday in a Brian De Palma film. <laughs> we yeah. all know that. <laughs> that. You know, they just, they just, um, they take so much out of the character. I don't even know that it's Bosworth's fault. They like really kind of, they like limp down that character in Returns. I like Returns. I think it's actually a very good movie. But like the lane, the lowest lane part is really a bad part of that movie, I think. Yeah, and that's kind of why I can't say anything about Kate Bosworth is like, I've seen her in so little and what I've seen her in. I do think di- she's good the, in the, Straw Dogs. So- you brought up Straw Dogs, Kevin. I do actually think <laughs> oh. she's good in Straw Dogs. I actually do think she's good in that. I don't love that movie, but I think mm. she's doing. I haven't seen Still about. Alice. Is she good in Still Alice? I don't she, remember her in Still oh, Alice. She must but be a the daughter. Only thing I remember the only things I remember about Still Alice was Julianne Moore's giving it her all, and so is Kristen Stewart, and that's it. That was nine years ago. Uh, but, just um, real quick, you got your initial thoughts. I got to get through trivia real quick. No, oh, sorry, sorry, please. You, you're, fine. you're fine. You're uh, fine. Trivia. In the movie, Val Kilmer as John Holmes wears a chain around his neck that holds a ring. The ring was the actual wedding band that John Holmes gave his wife Sharon when they got married in 1965. Sharon loaned it to Val to give him good luck on the movie. When the movie was over, Sharon then gave the ring to Don Schiller, which the big text at the end says that they've been, you know... Friends, yeah. Friends, yeah. Uh, both Josh Lucas and Val Kilmer spent the night in the actual Wonderland house on the anniversary of the murder. Couldn't pay me to do that. Um, Christina yeah, Applegate grew up near the Good site Lord. of the Wonderland murders and remembers seeing right. the bloody mattresses on the street, which led her to that... agreeing to take a relatively small role in the film. Wow, that's actually... That, that is good trivia. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, that that's I nuts. looked up. That I looked up on yeah, IMDb. Because Applegate is an LA yeah. kid. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, that, I would not have known that's that. That's insane. Yeah, that is Also, insane. she would go off to do uh, Anchorman less than uh, a year later, and uh, good for her. <laughs> you know? Great. Yeah, like, seriously. She's great. Yeah. Um, when the movie played at the TIFF, one of the promotional items handed out was a ruler that was 13 and a half inches. That's there just, you go. Okay, I'm going to look that James up on eBay. That's great. Slash production company. Hi, everybody. I'm John Holmes. Wait, who's John Holmes? Holmes is one of the biggest stars in the X-rated film industry. In the summer of 1981, the Hollywood Hills was the place to be. Life was just too good. The party couldn't get any hotter. L.A. in the summer, anything can happen. The nights couldn't get any longer. The money or the guns in two days. And he couldn't get any bigger. You want to see it? Yeah. Sure, John. I'm his girl. What happened, Joan? I had to, Sharon. I had no choice. The Southland is in shock today over a series of brutal killings that occurred here on Wonderland Avenue early today. You are in grave danger. Where you going? Anywhere. Everywhere! Did you go back to Wonderland? You're gonna do to those guys on Wonderland what you did to me. 
Eddie Nash has got a gun to your knee and he says he's gonna kill your wife, what would you do? Val Kilmer, Kate Bosworth, Josh Lucas, Dylan McDermott, Lisa Kudrow. But I'm gonna tell you a story. A story called Wonderland. In the climactic murder scene from the uh, John Holmes perspective, there are several single frame shots of the actual corpses from the I 1981 know, LAPD it. crime scene photographs. I hated that. That's hated not good. That. That's hated that. Let me just underline it. How'd you hated feel? Hated that. Okay. Hated it so much. I was like, do not do this. Do not do Filmmakers, do not do this. I was like, why? I can't, I can't think of another... Why would you do this? I don't. They were people who got brutalized. Why are you like shocked? Can I also, Ugh, maybe this is jumping that. too far ahead, but like there's a lot of uh, people of color committing these heinous acts. <laughs> that well. I was like, if they've never been proven, like why, why, why are we doing that anyway? Well, yeah, because it was part Eddie Nash's gang. Well, I guess you would have to look but into that. Like, but, but we've right. never proven it. No, <laughs> no, you're like, right. It, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're not it's wrong. It's like one of those things where I was like, even though Eddie Nash uh, did, if you look it up, it's in the end of the, the movie, right? Eddie Nash did admit to the conspiracy to commit the Wonderland murders. Yeah, yeah. In uh, whatever year that was, um. Which is interesting. And then and he, he got but like he, but he only years. served no less. He, he he like he he was out in like less than two years. Jesus. Okay. But he but he was like it was like um he got arrested for like many other things. It was like he 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 like plead down to all these different charges, and one of them was like conspiracy. It was like cons- conspiring to yeah right right that was the main thing, and I think one of the other things was like conspiring to commit. Uh, the Wonderland murders, which is interesting. So he had some involvement, ultimately, he admitted to it. But, like, yeah, you're right. It's like when you're getting into this weird thing, there's so much, like, there's so much charged language in this movie. It's, like, very, like, yeah. you're like, okay, can we yeah. move as far, along? As far as the tastelessness <laughs> with the crime scene photos also, the DVD Maloney, I had, very uh, much at the, at the d- tip of the spear. McDermott was going nuts. <laughs> uh, but as far as the tastelessness... I have the DVD, which it was a brand new DVD that I bought for like $2 and it wouldn't work because the first one had disc rot, but the second disc has one of the special features is just straight up the crime scene footage. And I'm just like, that's kind of, yeah, to me, that stuff is like, I get it, I guess in theory, but I'm just like, I just feel like there's some sort of line. I don't know. Like it was like special features, deleted scenes actual dead people <laughs> yeah, yeah to, to make up your point kevin i like did that thing where i literally googled and i hate myself for doing this does wonderland 2003 feature actual crime scene photos and then i got a bunch of websites that were like do not look here if you want to I see know. awful things yeah. and i'm like like yeah. why is this you know like <laughs> yeah because it really was i mean it was you know i mean it was really terrible i mean you know it was really yeah, really terrible I, like i did look at the footage because i just have i morbid curiosity i did and but the the video footage that was the first time that they ever used a camera to shoot a crime scene so that's that's, nifty yeah that's interesting yeah um once again uh this is uh this was filmed in 18 days which is pretty surprising. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. That does make me respect the movie a little bit more, I will say. Pretty nuts. That's kind of insane. $5 million with 18 days. That's pretty... Yeah, yeah. and like a really high profile. They must have really just been running and gunning. Yeah. Yeah, and then... 
as far as post-production goes, Lionsgate was not sure how to market this film due to the significant drug content, that is intermediate clear. <laughs> porn reference, and brutal violence depicted. The content in question remained, but the film then was only given a limited theatrical release and domestic market for awards consideration. I feel like you should have thought about that before you bought the movie, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> well, it's weird, too, that it got a TIFF premiere and, like, an Oscar-positioned release, you know, very yeah. much like banking on a strong TIFF premiere, which they didn't get, right? Yeah. But if you had gotten it, it's the Michael Clayton thing of like, you know, Michael Clayton came out of nowhere and got a million nominations, right? So it's like some years of TIFF. I think this is less common now, but like, you know, and you know, you, you, we could list off a ton of things that are different between Michael Clayton. And this no, no, movie, no. But so. my point is just like platform wise, like TIFF right, right, for, right. for a while. TIFF there. didn't do anything for it. it it's changed yeah, no, a bit now no. as we record. It's different now. But yeah, in those yeah. years, right, like th those early aughts, a common move was like premiere it at TIFF, drop it a month later, and you might get some like real Buzz, Oscar nice traction. Buzz, yeah. You know, yeah. and like the one I, uh, the movie I always think of is Michael Clayton because it was like that movie just was a surprise. It was just kind of like, oh, this is like a great movie. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it got like seven nominations, right? So I think this is just the example of how that can go really bad because it just, it was the opposite. It like got a bad reception, came out, and never platformed really. Nobody yeah. cared about it. You know, it was just kind of like yeah. the opposite, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of reception, Charlie, didn't you read Ebert's review, which is just like, this taught me nothing. <laughs> well, 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 I imagine well, well. Ebert was like, I, I knew John Holmes. This is well, <laughs> to, back, to, to back up a little bit, I have to give Bryden, who is not here, credit. Because oh, Bryden, yeah. I was texting Kevin and Bryden, and I at one point paused this movie and was, like, astonished to see that I was 50, 55 minutes in, and I was like, I don't know who anybody is. I don't know what what I'm what is supposed to be compelling. I know what the crime is. Sure. I don't know what the dramatic tissue is supposed to be. And then Bryden in our group chat put, yeah, Ebert wrote the same thing. Mm. Like, like, that he literally didn't know what had happened in this movie. It's a very weirdly structured movie. Yeah. yeah. So... So Bryden led me to the Ebert review, and I was kind of like, okay, good. I'm not, like, you know, a dum-dum, basically. Because <laughs> I, 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 I did kind of watch this movie without interruption for, like, a good... Like, I, I'm pretty sure I sent, like, a few text messages here and there to Kevin and Bryden, and then I was kind of like, okay, I'm along for the ride. And then I was kind of like, I don't... What? Like, it, it's all style, which... A movie, I don't want to go onto this podcast and say a movie cannot be style as substance, but this movie is so abrasive in its style and frenetic editing and to spin the narrative in such a way that does intentionally recall Rashomon without any of the sense of what made Rashomon important, much like also Ebert mentioned in this review. So God, but uh, like there's no hook into this, which again, it's a real crime story that I know very little about, but it's just very um, edgelordy in the way that it tells this story. Yeah. It feels, yeah. It feels like it's searching for a hook. It's searching for a hook and it's searching for purpose, but it but shocking, controversial 
history does not a good movie make and like it's just kind of depending on that and it's kind of made me sad to see such a cast like Kilmer Kevin we were also talking where I was like Kilmer's actually really good and you were like he hasn't even really shown up yet until like an hour into the movie and then he has scenes that are like oh this would have dramatic weight if this movie was about him but instead it's about Dilmut Marooney, who's like, just, Dil- wait, Dylan Dylan Marooney? McDermott, but we were just joking. Dylan McDermott. Yeah, either, Jesus yeah. Could be, either or. Either or, though. <laughs> Would have had weight, but like, why, why does this movie I think, even yeah. depend on his perspective well, you ha- in I think... terms of a Rashomon thing? Because it doesn't really add up to anything when you see whoever throws the fucking piece of shit out the window. Yeah, I think, look, I hate, you know, uh, me and Connor talk about this on, on our podcast. Like, I hate doing the thing of, like, rewriting a movie, but I'm gonna, I'm about I'm going to do it right now. No, I, I, I felt the exact same way. I'm, I want to hear your I'm going to do it right now. Yep, if, yep. I was, if I was writing Wonderland. If I was James Cox, we all I do it. If I was writing Wonderland, James, give me a call. Um, what I would do... And who knows if this would work? Obviously, maybe he considered this. I would do it like the informant, right? Um, if you the Soderbergh movie, which is to say, do the movie from Holmes's point of view, mm-hmm. but then make it clear that this is an untrustworthy narrator. Yes. And then in your third act, break it and break it apart, right? So like if you've seen the informant, he's lying, right? And you yes. pretty clear he's lying. And that's a comedy, and it's different, but the, I'm just referencing the structure. And then at a certain point in The Informant, Melanie Linsky, I believe is the wife, is like, stop lying, right? Like, stop lying. And the movie, like, stops and becomes a different movie, right? Where, like, he can no longer lie, right? Do that. Like, that's interesting. Like, he seems like an interesting guy. Like, he's... Maybe one of the worst people who ever lived. Like the movie basically ends with him being like a coward, a rat, a murderer. You're yeah. like, oh, so John Holmes was should be burning in hell forever and ever, right? Like, so if you're gonna end with that, why do the subterfuge of like who gives a fuck about no offense to Dylan McDermott? Who cares about Paul Lind? Like you said, like just anyway, that would be how I would approach it. If who knows if it would work, but that was what I was thinking, yeah. No, no, I completely agree with you because the Dylan McDermott character has the exact same mindset as Val Kilmer's perspective yeah. on this thing, but it doesn't matter because... And you have stuff like Ted Levine believes, like, why it is the detective believe Paul Lind? It's like, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, sorry. It going. doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like, why have this structure when nobody has a differing perspective? Every And the movie also... I'm not saying it empathizes with their, you know, morally bankrupt type of perspective. It might be trying to do that thing. But, like, Josh Lucas shows up, and he's basically, like, a straight-laced, per- like, version of... I know this movie came out ten years after this, but, like, it's basically... He's doing the James Franco look-at-my-shit thing in Spring Breakers. Like, yeah, he's literally but... doing that with the guns. And, and and it even starts with the whole Kate Bosworth going to carrie fisher's house and you're like oh carrie fisher's in this movie and then that scene's played for laughs as her being like devil worshippers so you're kind of like oh these people are bad and there's gonna be like you know people to play off of where there are normal people in this story that don't 
react to this and even they are heightened and then like no you don't even have those people to counteract with it's all kind of monotonous and samey and also i mean we joked about boondock saints off of this mic but i don't mean to be that person but it did kind of feel boondocks no it's got no it's it's got that vibe yeah it's got that millennium vibe. vibe yeah it's got that millennium sheen of like yeah, Edge Lord. It, look, it, you said the word. It's like it got that. It, it has that like turn of the of the millennium Edge Lordy thing. Yeah, where you're kind of like relax. You're like relax, James. I, I, you know, I literally like, no. Like, that's it. That is. It's funny you mentioned that, Dan. I literally sent to Kevin and Bright, and I said this movie needs to calm down. Yeah, it's and then, exactly. And, like, it's and exactly. like, and then I even thought like, well, like what makes something like Wolf of Wall Street? not like that movie is three hours and that like never calms down but it's like but scorsese has a thesis and a point here and this point is just yeah yeah like like yeah like i'm not saying you have to it's trying to have that manic energy but with no thesis with no like through point where the actors are lost at see val kilmer is just acting his ass off you know this has been a twitter point as of late is a movie doesn't have to have a plot i don't care if it has a plot but you have to have a through line of like it can't just be vibes and then something bad happens like like it it, it just it, everything about this confused me i didn't even really know much like i mean kevin and Danny mentioned robert roger ebert's review i didn't know what happened at the end of the movie or how it happened i got that some people robbed Eric Gosian and then he sent people to rob them back. But like, what am I supposed to take away from this thematically other than violence and drugs and sex and all that? Like, like, like I could get that from any other movie. I've seen a bunch of other movies. Like I, you know, we brought up Lisa Kudrow, all of the stuff with her character where she's been with Val Kilmer in the past and she's on good terms with Kate Bosworth. Mm hmm. That's an interesting subplot where yeah. you could think of, and I know it's based on fact, but, like, that's really interesting that yeah. she cares about her. She's not jealous, you know, like, and I, I know that's insane. To, like, I'm not trying to say that, you know, why isn't she jealous as if some this is some patriarchal bullshit, but, like, that's interesting. How did she get that relationship? How did she get that relationship with Kilmer or Holmes? Like, and the movie doesn't care. It yeah. doesn't care. It just keeps going. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. So I was just left completely flummoxed, baffled, frustrated, like yeah. just hands up in the air. What did I even, like, what am I supposed to do? It is interesting. Kind of it's interesting that Natasha Gregson Wagner is one of the victims because she's Natalie Wood's daughter. So it's just kind of an interesting... They don't mention that at all, either. I mean, no, I mean, they, well, they, I'm just saying, like, she's barely in the movie, but she's Barbara Richardson, who was killed at in the Wonderland murders. But it's yeah. just interesting that, like, Natalie Wood herself in real life is part of this kind of, you know, half-scandal, her death in real life, blah, 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 and just having her daughter be in this movie about oh, another yeah. Hollywood tragedy. It's just is interesting, like, in theory, but once again... It it, uh, it amounts to very little. I mean, in 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 a more interesting way, you know, I I guess this is me saying like, I always I liked how Tarantino and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had a lot of the Manson family be children of celebrities, mm-hmm. was like a clever little wink, you know, like that's cute, and I think you get 
what, 10% of that with <laughs> Natasha Goods yeah, and Wagner? I, I, I didn't even care for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it made me appreciate that movie more because sure, it really sure. made me think, what was the intent, what was the purpose of making this? Because really all I'm left with is ugliness. Yeah, like, well, like, that's I the don't thing. know what I'm supposed to ends take away. so brutally. I just think it's like, yeah. I guess it's hard. But look, this is what's hard about stuff. It's like, it is sometimes hard to know what works and what doesn't. Like... Because, you know, look, Boogie Nights has incredibly wild cha- tonal changes that are, like, shocking, right? So it's like, but it works, right? And it's like, why does it work? And you can go down the rabbit hole of why and you can get, you know, so it's like, I think it really is just how you're handling your material. And I think so much of what Cox, who once again is a talented guy, you know, he's a talented guy, like, he's just, it's like the wrapping paper is fancy, but then, like the present, is like really fucked up, right? And it and there's yeah. not there's not connect there's nothing connecting those two things. That's the problem. Like if you, nothing is connecting those two things, it's gonna feel garish. Boogie Nights has thing. a lot of explicit sex, violence, drug use, what have you. But ultimately, and I know they're aiming for two completely different things aesthetically and in terms of what they're trying to say cinematically. But Boogie Nights what makes the tonal changes work is you get a bunch of outsiders who all feel kind of neglected by society or their own actual biological families that form their own chosen family. And here, if they focused, and again, I'm doing what you did, Dan, like, 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 if I made this movie, I would have done that thing where like, it's that thing where it's like, but what led these people to this moment? I understand that climactic, implosions of violence whether they're fictionalized in film or based on actual true crimes that have happened and you represent them on film those can be exciting but like or provocative or horrifying or anything but like what are we supposed to get out of this There's i mean not a boogie lot to nights grab onto, yeah. you, no boogie nights you got mark Wahlberg dealing with his family life you got julianne moore who's chosen a career that separated her from her her son, you know, you've got Roller Girl, you've got yeah. Don Cheadle, you've got everybody who's, it's all chaotic, but even in that very stylized Robert Altman, Martin Scorsese homage style of epic, you know, intertwining ensemble piece filmmaking, they all feel real. This yeah, is trying to be them. gritty, yeah. and you care about them, and yeah, this is... It's just supposed to be the grittiness well, even, and the... Look, literally, Val Kilmer, speaking of Val, bringing it back to Val Kilmer, this same time period, and, and Kevin, you brought it up, certainly not a perfect perfect movie either, but even in The Salt and Sea, which is about speed freaks, right, who commit crimes, right? It was, I think, DJ Caruso's, like, debut movie. Like, it's a movie I like uh, quite a bit. Um, has not aged well, I don't think. Um, we talked about it. With Katie Walsh, I think. But even in that movie, that like the speed gang, right? Like the gang of drug addicts, like you do get to know them and you do care about the Peter Sarsgaard character, right? And there's an anchor to the movie that if you if you get into the movie, it'll it'll at least keep you invested in like something, right? And I just think you don't get that ever because it's not Holmes and the movie doesn't want it to be Holmes, right? And it's not Don Schiller because she's not involved, which is like such a thing. I mean, that's what's it's like. She's not even, you know, Bosworth. We were kind of dogging on it earlier, but it's like, once again, 
not really her fault. It's like the Don Schiller it's element is like no. kind of she's not really involved. It's like. And, and so, like, who are you rooting for? Who do you care about? It's like characters don't need to be good people in movies, but, like, to your point, you need to have something of, like, what does this person want if it's just yeah. heroin? You're like, okay, well, like, what are we talking about? And so, like, it's not the Josh Lucas character. It's not Bogosian. He's not in a lot of the movie, right? It's, like, not – Lord knows it's not Dylan McDermott. So it just – yeah, it's just a bummer. I just it just doesn't really work on any real it's level. It's a huge you know? bummer. Yeah, it doesn't really work. Is there? Is there? I'm trying to think if there is a film where it just kind of drops you in, and the context of the film itself in a crime film just kind of just through dialogue or body language. I mean, there's been a million of them. I, I'm I'm not thinking of any of them off the, off the top of my head right now, but like there have been films like that. Why does this one not? I guess just the way this film doesn't work is it's it's too preoccupied with the yellow color filters and the frenetic editing and the the way that the story's told out of order where it's like, why are you even telling the story this way? Yeah, I don't like, yeah. you know, like it doesn't serve any purpose. It's just to make it. Well, it look reminds cool. me of what it reminded me of is, you know, so when Soderbergh made the limey, right, which would have been a couple years before this. Hell yeah. Which is a, a movie I love, right? One of my favorite Soderbergh movies. When they made it in the editing room, they put it together and they realized it was incredibly boring. And so Soderbergh was like, ooh, fuck, like I made this thriller that's just not very thrilling. Like, what are we going to do? And they developed that editing style that's in the limey where they're kind of overlapping scenes onto each other, right? So there's kind of this premonition-like quality. Yeah. You know that movie, right? It's beautiful, right? Shout so out it's to like, Sarah mm, Flack, yeah. A, uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's, it really should be taught in editing classes. It's like a genius solve. Right, and it really adds the exact tension that it, that Soderbergh himself said the movie was lacking. Right, it literally seems like James Cox is trying to find that here and just doesn't. Right, like that's just what I kept thinking about watching. I was like, he's just like, okay, maybe we do it this way. Maybe add a little bit of this. Maybe you know, split screen it. You know, wipe here. Blah 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 blah. And it's just, you hate, I hate the phrase, but it's kind of polishing a turd, right? It's just like, yeah. you know, it's just not really, not enough. As Rebecca Ferguson sang in The Greatest Showman, never, it's never enough. It's know? never oh, enough, that's never, true. Never, never, never enough. Iconic, you know? Yeah. Kevin, have we even gotten to your initial <laughs> thoughts? I'm sorry. No. Kevin's just chilling, dude. I, I, yeah, I don't have. I wanted to you just say what you said for. Uh, <laughs> well, and I was also, I was. Uh, for Cats Meow. Oh, yeah, it was fine. fine. No, it was worse than fine. It was actually not good. But no, I was just uh, communicating with Bryden because the reason he's not here is I told him, hey, do some research. And he took that as he's going to solve the the Wonderland murder. Oh, shit. So that's why he's not here. So So that's a sequel, Wonderland 2. Yeah. Two Wonder, two Land. (laughs) Bryden's Bryden's Revenge. Uh, But yeah, it's not good. I do love that literally every five seconds somebody, uh, that guy or that gal pops up and that's, that, yeah. that counts and for then something, they le- And they immediately, yeah, immediately they get immediately. out of there. Christina Applegate's yeah. like, I'm in this movie. I will see you later. I will, <laughs> be, I will be battered beyond recognition. I, I, and the I'm movie not going to lie. When, when the camera was zooming into her eye that is not bandaged, I went, is that Christina Applegate? And then I was like, oh my God, it is. I know, like, but that's like, this movie. It's that. Well, and here's the thing. I will basically... I will critique mostly just the ending because the crime scene photos inclusions aside, 
And I do understand that the woman who did survive and was the only survivor basically said, I don't remember anything. It was a bunch of shadows. So I understand that. But that also, it's kind of shot that way where it's really dark. You can't really see anything. It's really phonetic. But you would think, because I was messaged Charlie and I was just like, this is kind of nothing. And it makes me feel bad that I'm like, get to the murders because that's just not a good way to mm-hmm. think. And But when it got to it, I was like, this is just really a mishmash of fucking nothing. So... I couldn't even be like, wow, that really leaves you being like, wow, what happened? It was just like, now it left me being like, ah, shit, what do we do with this? Um, And then it just made me afterwards be like, oh, well, that's like a story and you told it. Okay. It's nothing like where it's just like, holy shit. Like, like, of course, people lost their life. That's terrible and whatnot. But that doesn't, everybody who loses their life does not make a compelling story, unfortunately. So it's the thing of, even if, I mean, they could make a completely different movie and I could be like, wow, what a harrowing thing that uh, explains the ills of late 70s, early 80s culture, blah, 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 blah. But I'm not getting that here and I'm just getting like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that that is weird that like a big porn star got involved in like some murders, but uh, okay, well, that's great. But even is it? Is it? <laughs> Is it that weird? Like, I don't think that's that weird. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It like, where it's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Remember well, that it guy just, it that takes no, fucking yeah, it big takes no strides. Yeah, he may have gotten to a murder. Okay, well, yeah, what, it takes no strides <laughs> to like connect it to larger things, which is like once again another thing. Billy oh, it Nights connects does. to it's larger like, things. His name is Johnny hey Watt. Now, hey yeah. now, Johnny Watt. It's like, <laughs> but it, you know, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't take any strides to connect to larger themes, right? Which is like Boogie Nights is all about that. It's like changing of the guard right like you know the industry literally you know Bert, you know burt reynolds not understanding his time is up right like there's so many like tributaries that like billow off of boogie nights right where you can like go this way go that way you can connect it to history and ironically this is like they're using the real names it's about the wonderland murders and it's like yeah. very much less than which it, is to just, the point that you know. it, it's even unintentionally funny and i felt bad because lisa kudrow's giving it her all and val kilmer's giving it her all yeah his all in this scene but the scene where she's like you gave it all up for that thing and then it just camera on Val Kilmer's crotch like him grabbing the crotch and I'm like I I'm, like I'm not saying that it didn't happen this way necessarily but the way it's being filmed is like it's like a cartoon but with like like grimy 90s filter <laughs> like you know that type of thing I think if anything that it's crazy that and maybe they didn't do it because Boogie Nights did it but like you probably should show it right if the whole movie's about that Boogie Nights had the right, the good sense to end the movie with it, which I think is the right call because it's like, look, the whole movie's about it. It's like you kind of need to acknowledge it in a bigger way. I mean, no pun intended, but like. No, it's a good point because there's one scene that I was kind of like, and I know this is very 2023 like speak here. I'm not ex- expecting anything to, but like, there is a moment where Josh Lucas is literally pointing a gun yeah. at Val Kilmer's pants yeah. and goes, He's like, show Take it out. Yeah, it's all the girls. Take yeah. it out, show up. And I'm not, and they don't show it. And then another woman who, her only speaking part is basically, Can I touch it? Yeah. And in another movie that was focusing on the real figure and Val Kilmer, like, it would be like, This is a really kind of like either demeaning or. Like, whatever. There's a lot of complicated emotions going through that here. Right. But the scene isn't really about that. It's about 
how tense is that that Josh Lucas is pointing a gun to his fucking dick? Yeah. And then he the a woman gets to touch it. You know, like it's it the focus is all wrong. It's just about shock value. Yeah, it's a good microcosm which, of the whole movie. Yeah, and yeah. then it gets down to it. I mean, yeah, Kevin, you mentioned it. Like when the crime scenes were happening during the actual murders, that's when I really like lost respect for this movie because I'm not saying you can't show actual crime scene photos and anything. I mean, like OJ Made in America, the great ESPN 30 for 30 documentary, you know. That's different. That's that's a, that's a this, different This is thing. used here to be like subliminally be like, oh, shock. Subliminally. Yeah. It's like fucking yeah. Captain Howdy in The Exorcist or some shit. It's like really gross, you know? It just made me feel I texted everybody last night. Yeah, it's like, like the cigarette. It's like, like the spike up cigarette burn thing on purpose. You know? Yeah. And it's just like you don't have any respect or any like you don't even have the, the the respect to provide these people with any interiority. And I don't give a shit. It, I'm Janine not saying Garofalo you have to do it. wasn't that one scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, man. Made me feel. Joy. Yeah. Joy. Where, where'd you go? Just, just. Yeah. I just, you know, look, didn't work. You know, just didn't work. James just didn't work. Sorry, James didn't work. I do hope I will say for James Cox because he had okay. some bad luck with Billionaire Boys Club. I hope he makes another movie. Like, okay. do you? you? Know, yeah, I just because like I like <laughs> Highway and Atomic Tabasco, and I just always think it's like I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm always rooting for any filmmaker who it's got to be hard, man. I don't know. I bet he really thought this one was going to go, you know, and it really didn't. It's like, there's a string of failed Kilmers, man. Red Planet, this, Spartan, shamefully. I mean, did really bad, even though it's great. Uh, Salt and Sea. Salt and Sea didn't do that well. You know, it's like they all kind of, they died. and died on the vine. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Almost Major. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please follow the pod on Twitter at Almost Major to keep up to date with what movies we will be covering in the future. Myself, I can be found on Twitter and Letterbox at Kev Bonesy. Bryden can be found on Twitter at Bryden Doyle and on Letterbox at J Doyle. Charlie can be found on Twitter and Letterbox at CT Nash91. Once again, thank you for listening. <laughs>